today's teaching is uh, connected to what we did last week. Uh, last week, you remember that we discussed spiritual warfare, uh, which is the first rule. We discussed the first rule in spiritual warfare, or if you want, you can call it the law of the altar. Uh, you can call, call it whatever you want to call it, but we, we touched on a few things last week, and uh, today's message is not uh, separate from what we discussed. Uh, we are discussing faith today, but uh, as you will see, it is all interwoven together. Unkulunkulu uh, wants us to, when we fight, we don't hit the air. The point of teaching this is so that when we pray, we pray and the enemy must feel it. When we pray, it must have impact and there must be results coming forth as a result of our prayer. There is nothing as sad as investing a whole lot of time in prayer and fasting, but we are not doing it according to protocol uh, of heaven. So last week, if you recall, we said Lonki Altar has an aroma. Lonki Altar Every altar must have a corresponding character. A holy altar must have a corresponding holy character. We spoke about the fact that many people, they fight battles from contaminated altars, contaminated atmospheres. And because of that, we are not hitting uh, the targets we are supposed to be hitting. Nothing is moving. Nothing is shifting. After we have spent hours in prayer, we realize that we, there's nothing that's really shifting in the spirit. This is why these kind of, of teachings become important so that we begin to, as God is, is, is um, getting all of us, militarizing his people, we need to be uh, equipped in the right way to be able to fight. Now, I just need to read something to you before we start, Bazon. This is just a, a recap of what we did last week. I'm going to start uh, in a few moments. Uh, remember that Cain and Abel both had altars. Cain and Abel offered to the Lord, but the Bible is very clear. The Bible says Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, the Bible says, and his countenance fell. Now, something that is hardly ever addressed in that particular scripture is the fact that God did not respect two things. One, he did not respect Cain, the person. Number two, he did not respect his offering. Why is this important to address? Is because you and your altar are one. You and your altar are one. In actual fact, the most dominant fragrance of your altar, the most dominant fragrance of your altar flows out of your heart. The most dominant aroma or perfume that goes to the heavens, the most dominant fragrance flows out of your attitude, out of your character, out of our heart. You and I, we are the key. I'm a key member of my altar. I'm the, I'm the key component of my altar because I am the sacrifice on that altar. So 
you understand that for the altar to be strong, then that means the, the atmosphere of the altar must be holy and it must be pure. Your, your, your character and my character are the purity of the altar. Now, because we are dealing with the things of the spirit, you must understand that we cannot uh, do God's business in a different spirit. That's why last week we spoke about fighting the battle, uh, taking the battle into the atmosphere, into a holy place, because I cannot fight the devil in his spirit. In other words, I cannot fight the enemy with unforgiveness in my heart. I cannot fight the enemy with stuff in my soul. So we, we, we touched on that. So I, I wanted to understand what the altar It's not just a spiritual power generator. You know, people, they deal with an altar as if it's just a place where it's a, it's a spiritual generator. You go there just to get power. And then once you've got that power, you go out there and you cast out devils. There is power in, in, in the altar, of course. But understand that the strength among the altar, the altar is dependent on the, on the sacrifice on it. The strength of the altar is dependent on the extent to which the sacrifice on it is dead. So there is no altar without a dead sacrifice on it. So the question becomes, how dead you and I are? How dead you and I are? Remember what Unkulunkulu Umlilogatiko falls upon a sacrifice on the altar. Now, you and I are the sacrifice, and for the fire of God, I know that you, you and I love the fire of the Spirit, you know, the fire of the Holy Ghost. But do you know that the fire of God does not fall on an open place? It falls on a structure that is aligned with the protocols of heaven. That's why he instructed them to, to organize the altar in a specific way. Because Umli Lugatiko has to fall upon that which he has endorsed. It does not fall randomly. It does not fall in my terms because I have spent eight hours on my knees praying in tongues. Then that means the fire of God is going to come. The fire of God falls upon sacrifice on the altar. And the aroma of that altar must be in line with the spirit of God. Amen. So I want us to, to, to remember that because what we're going to discuss today as we discuss faith, you will realize that you will need what we discussed last week to understand what we're going to discuss today. So I, uh, I want us to pray wherever you are. Let's just pray together, Bazalwan. In the name of Jesus, I pray for your people this evening in the mighty name of the Lord. I pray that today no one will eat out of my hands. No one today will be captured by the words, by our eloquence, by the semantics, the arrangement of our phrases as we speak. But Father, that you shall speak by your spirit to your people, that your Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit shall establish your people on kingdom truth and present truth. Their foundations shall be strengthened and the anointing to pray and the grace to pray shall rest upon them 
the grace to engage in warfare in the spirit of faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Bazalwane, uh, today we are talking about faith. Faith. Now, faith, there is faith that God gives us uh, to receive Jesus. The Bible says, gift of faith. Uh, but that is just one type of faith. That's entrance level faith. Uh, is to just it gets us through the gate of the kingdom when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It gets us into the the perimeters of God's kingdom. But once we have believed Jesus as our Lord and Savior, there is another dimension of faith that we must walk in so that we, you and I can begin to move things in our lives in Jesus' name. So as we start, I just want to make a few statements, uh, family, this evening. Uh, from Matthew 6, verse 10, you will realize that when we speak about these things, I, I believe very much in creating a, a context for whatever that we teach so that you understand the bigger scope of what we are addressing. So in Matthew 6, verse 10, because this particular scripture becomes a, a launch pad for all kingdom activity, mm. whatever that we do is, is, is hinged upon uh, Matthew 6, verse number 10. It's a very powerful scripture, a very important scripture in, in, in kingdom, kingdom expression, kingdom living uh, for you and I. That particular verse says, In this manner therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This particular verse, Bazalwane, is, um, is about alignment. Is about alignment. Alignment. Now, the word alignment is going to be very important for us to understand what warfare seeks to achieve, what prayer seeks to achieve, what everything that we do as God's people seek to achieve. Um, alignment means to fall into line, to fall into line. That's alignment. Or to bring into line or to cause something to run parallel with. Let me repeat that. Uh, the word alignment, which Matthew 6.10 speaks to, it means to fall into line or to bring into line or to cause something to run parallel with. The reason why that is important is because in that particular verse, Jesus, when he taught them uh, to pray, he says to them, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, that particular phrase means at least two things. Number one, as God's will is done by angels so diligently in heaven, let it be done on earth. That's the first meaning of it. The first meaning is, as God's will is diligently done by angels in heaven, let it be done on earth. The second meaning of that particular scripture, it is as God's will appears in heaven, let it appear here. As God's will for your life and my life, as it appears in heaven, let it appear here. In other words, 
let there be an alignment between what is in heaven and what is our reality down here. Let that which is set in heaven, which does not change, let that be let that match whatever we are experiencing here. To the extent that if our reality on earth does not match what is in heaven, now warfare becomes necessary because that means someone is preventing us from displaying, from demonstrating, from manifesting God's purpose in the earth. That's why now prayer becomes very important. When we obey God's word, Bazalwan, we bring ourselves into alignment with heaven. When we obey every word, obeyed, every area of your life submitted under God's word, you have brought that area in alignment with heaven. If it's marriage, if it's finances, whichever area is brought under the governance of God's word, that particular area is now aligned with kingdom uh, uh, principles and values and will. So, on the other hand, when we disobey God's word, now we get out of alignment. We are misaligned. So, you will find that a person walking with God will have a certain area in their lives that they have refused to submit under the lordship of Jesus, under the lordship of God's word. And that particular area is out of alignment. And there will be signs, there will be signs, visible, tangible, concrete, material signs that prove that that particular place is out of alignment until we submit that place under the lordship of Jesus Christ the enemy may use that just one area as a, as a portal or as a window or as an entry point to come and begin to wreak havoc in your life. So as God's people, all of our experience as God's people, in actual fact, the Christian life in its entirety is about alignment. Every prayer you will ever pray, every kind of warfare you will ever be engaged in, Every activity you will ever be part of, it is about aligning, ensuring that whatever God has concerning your future uh, matches what is down here. What is down here must match that which God has established in the heavens. If it's not the case, we pull out the shield and the sword and we begin to fight. We begin to push against the enemy. Our very hearts, our very uh, attitudes must be in alignment with, with heaven. So Christian life is about alignment. Amen. Now, you must understand that this, this alignment, remember today I'm talking about the spirit of faith or the personality of faith. But if you don't understand what I'm addressing now, you will never really capture what faith is for in the kingdom. So this alignment, Mazarin, that we are talking about this evening is done by violent people. In other words, it's militant people. Uh, they do it by force, through warfare. Why? Because the Bible says the flesh is enmity with God. It must be done by force because the natural 
by its very nature will always resist to be transformed and to be aligned with kingdom culture, with whatever God wants. See, God wants me to be an expression of his will. To be an ex- he wants to gain access into the earth realm through me. Now, the enemy will never allow that to happen. So this must be done. It's not an easy thing. You don't negotiate with the enemy to align your, your emotions, to align your thought life, to align your life, to, to subject every area of your life under God's word. That takes fighting. That takes war in the name of Jesus. So the Bible says that the flesh is enmity against God. It does not salute the will of God. It does not respect. It does not bow willingly to the order of the kingdom. So someone has to uh, fight for this thing to happen. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Do the will of God. You need to talk, go in the mirror and begin to rebuke yourself and, and get yourself to be aligned with God's uh, will. So that becomes important as we begin to address issues of prayer. Now, without faith, the alignment will never take place. Because in the natural, we are dealing with five physical senses. Five physical senses are not tuned to to see what is in the spirit. The five physical senses, God gave us five physical senses to interact with with this dimension, with the earth realm. Now, it takes faith. Faith is not part of your senses. Faith is something supernatural that God has to give us in order to interact with the supernatural. This is why faith becomes important for us to be able to break through and to be able to do the will of God in the earth. This is why even when you pray, if you pray without understanding what faith is, if you go into intercession without understanding the element of faith, you will find that you will, you, you will spend more time without really much gain coming through. Amen. Now, I wanted to watch something as we discuss this. This is an introductory um, teaching today. But I wanted to watch this because as I carry on this uh, evening, I want you to keep this word in your mind, alignment. Always remember everything that we do is about aligning what is going on down here with what is already there. I don't know if you are aware of it, but your life in its entirety, it's already set in heaven from beginning to end. Everything is already established in the heavens. God knows every single thing that's going to happen. Now the enemy will not allow for even one day to be productive. Mm -hmm. So a believer must bring into alignment even every single day. This is why we pray daily, especially in the early hours of the morning as God's people. We want to pray in the morning. Why? Because we want to speak to the day. We want to dictate to the day, dictate God's terms. We want to speak life. We want to direct the day. We want to align it according to what he has preordained for us for that day. Did you know that a person who dies, dies on a particular day? Somebody who loses money, they lose their money on a given day. Imagine if believers would understand that, no, 
this particular day must be aligned to the kingdom uh, prophetic destiny that God has given me. That's why you cannot afford not to be a warrior, not to pray as, as a child of God in Jesus' name. I want to show you something in the book of Genesis, uh, family. In Genesis chapter 1, verse number 31, the Bible says in verse 31 of Genesis uh, chapter 1, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. Now, I want you to understand this. It's, it's a powerful truth. Then God saw everything that he had made, the Bible says, and indeed it was very good. It was very good. That means God was pleased with what he saw. It says it was very good. God was pleased with what he saw. Why was God pleased with what he saw? Because what was on earth reflected his will. What he saw on earth, the, 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 the completion of his work, what he had spoken through his mouth reflected his will in heaven. In other words, what he saw matched the picture that was in his heart already. What he saw physically, materially on earth matched that which he had already in heaven. Amen. Now, to please God, then family, if, if you want to please God, is to make him say very good. When he looks at your life, he must say, very good. He looked at what he had done. He said, he saw that it was very good. So to please God is to get him to say, it is very good one. When he looks at us, he must see alignment between what is transpiring in our lives. He must see what is going on in our lives as being aligned with that which he has preordained in heaven. To please God is when we fight to see his will reflected in our lives. For God to say very good, it's not the things that we, we think they are. God thinks big. He's a big God. When we begin to make sure that every area of our lives is in alignment with that which he has foreordained. I want you to learn these words. Foreordained. Because ordained before, preordained, uh, foreknowledge. God has something set already. Whatever happens here must match the picture that is already in the heavens. To please God is when we strive for an on earth as it is in heaven reality in our lives. Let me repeat that. To please God is to strive every day and to fight every day for an on earth as it is in heaven reality in our lives because that is what God wants to see at the end of the day when everything has been said and done when we have done everything that we love doing as God's people which with things which are good all the conferences and everything that we do to 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 you know as we live this life of faith at the end of the day when God says, this is good, when God looks at a ministry and he, and he says, this is good, when God looks at a family and he says, this is good, when God looks at a marriage 
And he says, this is good. Why? It is because that family, that ministry, that marriage has fallen into alignment with his kingdom purpose. That particular individual has, has come under uh, alignment. They are flowing parallel. Whatever that is transpiring in their lives matches the picture that is in heaven. Don't you forget uh, Hebrews 11.6. Remember the book of Hebrews is a, is a chapter on faith. If you want to learn a few things about faith, you must study the book of Hebrews. Now the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to get God to say, this is good. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to have that kind of alignment. It takes faith. It takes thinking out of your five physical senses. Sometimes logic will not allow you to be aligned with heaven. Sometimes to, 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 to weigh and measure scientifically and analyze scripture and all these things which we do and put question mark and, and hypothesize and all the stuff that our, our intellect is equipped to do. If we engage our intellectual faculties, sometimes that dimension will not help us to be able to align with heaven. It takes faith. It takes that amazing sense, if you will, that God gives us the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is the only thing that gets us to be aligned with the kingdom of heaven in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to allow me, family, to build a, a case for faith just a little bit further. Allow me to build a case because when we talk about faith, I want you to understand faith in a broader context. I want you to understand the fact that Impiloyako Neami Njengekolwa is already complete in heaven. I've already alluded to that, but I, I want to now give it a body. I want to give it some substance so that you understand how this works. Your life and my life are already complete in heaven. Already com This is why there is nothing that you will ever do that surprises God, including your stumbling including the stuff that we do and all our, our frailties, our weaknesses. There's nothing that you will ever do that takes God by surprise. God is never taken aback. Why? Because your life and my life, employed pelele, from beginning to end, God sitting in heaven has a complete, complete picture. The puzzle is finished. In heaven, he has a complete picture of yours and my life. The things which you not, you and I have not seen in the physical, the things which have not yet been made manifest in the physical, they are already in existence in heaven. I want you to understand that, family. I want to repeat what I just said. The things which you and I have not seen here in the natural in other words, they are not yet material. They are not yet physical. They are not yet concrete. 
They are not yet corporeal or tangible. Yet in heaven, they are complete. They are set in heaven. This is why Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 becomes important. Because Jeremiah 1 verse 5 gives us an understanding uh, in terms of what happens behind the curtain in the realm of the spirit. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. There is so much we can draw out of that scripture, but we're not going to do that tonight. All I want you to know is that before anything ever transpired in uh, Jeremiah's life, the Bible says God knew him. God knew him. Now, when God knows you, he knows you. He does not know us like we know each other. When he says, I knew, he didn't know his name only. He knew him, everything about him. Now, if that is not understood by anybody uh, in, 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 in the church, Psalm 139 verse 16, it makes it very clear. Uh, Amahobo 139 verse number 16, in that particular scripture, the Bible says, your eyes, now David is speaking, he's speaking to the Lord, he says, your eyes saw my substance being yet un unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Let me repeat that for your family. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. You saw me when I was not even formed. And in your book, they all were written, the days, the days, fashioned for me, he says, when as yet there was nine of them. Now, when he says the days, he's not talking about the number of days, I was, I'm going to live 70 years. He didn't see a number there. His life, his entire life was there. His entire ex life experience was there. In other words, what you see in your heart concerning your future, you know, we have, we, we, have, we, have, we have visions about our life. We see certain things about our future. You know why you see uh, yourself healed in the future or you see your peace as much as we are going through what we are going through or your, your next level in whatever area of your life. Why is that the case? Because the Bible says God has put eternity in our hearts. God has put eternity in our hearts. I'm going to come back to that. See, it may not, whatever God sees in heaven, according to Matthew 6.10, on earth as it is in heaven, whatever God sees, it, it may not be a reality here yet, but it is a reality in the spirit. It is a reality in the spirit. You are a success in the spirit, what, irrespective of the present sec now this is not motivate this is the word this is prophetic truth in the bible i i love i loved what what the late kim clement used to say uh, my wife and i uh, knew him very well the prophet kim clement used to say i see you in the future and you look much better than you look right now i see you and he used to sing it he would say i see you in the future, 
and you look much better than you look right now. I see you in the future. And you look, you used to sing this until it, it, the, the, the entire atmosphere changed. God sees you in your future already. But he is waiting upon us through the spirit of faith to every day to align ourselves. So every form of, of obedience, when you take a step toward obedience, you align in yourself. You are pulling yourself to the, that picture. One picture, one, one, one piece of the puzzle falls into place until the whole picture is in place. Now, the reason why, Bazalwane, you see a better future in your heart. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, what I told you before, I, I want to read that. It says, also he has put eternity in their hearts. God already has put something. Now, that eternity which the Bible speaks about becomes the foundation of your hope because irrespective of what you might be going through, but there's something in your heart, there's something in your spirit that refuses to accept the status quo. There's something in your heart that wants to fight. There's something deep down in the receptacles of your being that refuses to, 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 to accept and sign the contract as the present circumstances present it to you. There's something in your heart that God has planted that wants to fight, that wants to push back. There's something in your spirit, even as I speak to you, that says, I will not die this way. It will not end this way. I'm not going to wind up this way. This is not the, 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 the picture that God... See, that the Bible says God has planted. That which exists in the heaven, that complete picture, that which is established, which is preordained in heaven, he gives you a, a, a fragment of it. He deposits that in your heart so that there is always hope in you. There is always strength to carry on. As much as circumstances in the present, they, they speak to the contrary. As much as into... Or oh, experience, I imagine, it could be in the finances, in your marriage, but there's something bubbling up out of your spirit. There's something bubbling up out of your belly that says it shall not end this way. Mm. 